0: John John, chapter 4, and I want to just briefly catch you up on this story, and then I'm going to come back and, and preach through a lot of it, perhaps uh, in, a, in an expository manner. But Jesus is, uh, is leaving Judea, and on his journey, he turns to his disciples, and he, he says a statement to them, He said, I must needs go through Samaria. Now, before before you think that's like he needs to stop by the convenience store, uh, it was 42 miles from Jerusalem to Sychar. 42 miles to this day. Jesus told his disciples, he said, I need to go 42 miles out of the way. Because I've got something I need to... Now, he didn't jump in his Lexus and do that. He hoofed it for 42 miles. Because of one soul. That needed his touch. And the Bible said that as as he got there at the right time... Of the day he came to a well and there was a woman that came to the well and he looked at her and he said would you give me something to drink and she told him she said this wells deep and you don't have any way to get it and they started this whole thing and he said woman if you knew who was asking you something to drink he said I have water that you can drink of and you will never thirst again verse 14 But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him. Somebody say in him. A well of water springing up within him to everlasting life. And the woman said, well, sir, then give me this water that I thirst not. Neither come hither to draw. Now, Jesus starts operating in the prophetic, and we'll talk about that in a minute. He said, Go tell your husband to come here. And she said, uh, I don't have one. He said, You're right. You've had five, and the one that you're with isn't your own. And so the woman looked at him in 19 and she said, I perceive you're a prophet. Our fathers worshiped in this mountain, and you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour comes when you shall neither worship in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship, you know not what. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. She said, well, I know that when the Messiah comes, when he has come, he will tell us all things. 26, he said, I that speak unto you, am he. The one that you're looking for is standing right here in front of you, talking to you. I went 42 miles out of the way for you to know your answer has come. The Bible said that his disciples came and they marveled that he was talking with her. And verse 28 said, then the woman left her water pot. Everybody say she left her water pot. She went her way into the city and she said to the men, verse 29, this is where I'd like to draw our text. Come see a man which told me all things that I ever did is not this the Christ come see a man I want to preach to you today come see a man and I would like to subtitle this what happens when Jesus changes your life what happens when Jesus changes your life could we rejoice together in the God of our salvation right now Lord we praise you We bless you, we thank you. Come on, let's worship Him today. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise God. I want you to tell somebody this morning, Jesus has a word for you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Now, what I'm going to preach to you today is such a powerful story. Because it is truly encapsulated within this story. The heart of Jesus is revealed. Amen. Now I don't have to stay here for a long time to get this to you. I believe you'll understand pretty quickly Amen. what I mean and what I say. That if Jesus walked 42 miles out of the way to go talk to one woman. Now this is, this is not considering the fact. That 42 miles is really not that far when you think about the idea that God seated on the throne that created all things visible and invisible, robed himself in flesh and made the journey from heaven to earth. 42 miles doesn't seem that far, but I want to, I want to make a simple point to you this morning that the devil is a liar. And the devil would lie to you and tell you that God does not care about you. But I'm, I'm rising on this Sunday morning to tell you that encapsulated in this story and this narrative is truly the heart of God revealed. That he will do whatever it takes and go as far as he has to go to meet you where you are today and be sure that you know you are not forgotten, you are not helpless, you are not hopeless. He is not finished with you. You may have made some mistakes, but He is still mindful of you. Now, this is, this is just amazing. I, if, if, if we had the time today to really dive into some of the, the, uh, the finer points of this story, it's truly amazing, even to this day. If you go back to... Uh, Genesis, I believe it's chapter 30, where Jacob has, has planted himself. The Bible said he, he pitched his tent there at Sychar. Um, you know, people that traveled like they did then, it's, it's kind of hard to find archaeological substance with tent dwellers because they set their tent up and it's, it's temporary and then, and then they leave. But believe it or not, this well upon which Jesus and this woman sat and talked is one of the most powerful archaeological places that we have today in biblical times. Now, it's not very many people go there because it's in the area of the Holy Land that you hear about often called the West Bank. Now, the West Bank is really not a good place to be when the sun sets, okay? It's not... It's not an amazing place to hang out and, and, and uh, relax and enjoy a cup of coffee at sunset. It's not, it's not real safe. But in the West Bank, there is a church that is built there, and there's a, there's a sign at this church. Now, you find this in Jerusalem, too, people building churches over sites that, that don't really exist. For instance, in, in my personal opinion, the church of the tomb of the Holy Sepulcher is not where Jesus was buried. He was buried in a garden tomb, and uh, the scripture said that it was nearby to Golgotha, and I've been to both sites, and I can tell you when you walk into the tomb of the Holy Sepulchre, you feel squat, but when you go to the garden tomb, and you literally walk in that tomb where he was, I believe, for three days, and he got up and left, you feel a testimony and a witness that he is no longer here, amen, you feel that witness. But Jacob Jacob dwelled for a, a, a short amount of time in Sychar, which is Abraham's grandson. Now, it's, there's so much history to this. But it's amazing because although he dwelled in a tent, the scripture said that he was right outside of the city. Like you could see the city from there. And if you look at the archaeological sites today from where the modern city is, just right outside there. There is this this beautiful church. It's a Greek Orthodox church. And uh, it is built over the site that is Jacob's well. Now in this story, she told Jesus, she said, he said, give me something to drink. And and she said, "This, this well is deep and you have no way to draw water. Now when you just read that briefly, this well is deep, you're like, okay, it's a well, so it must be deep. But I want to tell you something that's interesting this jacob's well that is still there today and we know for certain that it is the same the same exact well now if, if you walk i don't want to i don't want to make you snore in greek and dream in hebrew here but if you walk on the old via dolorosa in jerusalem you're technically not walking where jesus walked because it's been built so much but if you go to jacob's well you are literally standing at the the site where jesus stood they say a lot of uh, of, of tour guides and archaeologists say this is this is the most close contact that you could have with any historical and archaeological site that jesus actually visited himself but they measured this well starting way back in the 1800s they got measuring devices and measured this well is 151 feet deep 151 feet deep if you draw water out and you pour you pour the water out of your cup at the top of that well it takes forever for you to hear the water splash it's a deep well we know that this is jacob's well we know that this is the site there have been three different churches that were built over that and as time has gone over time they continued to use that well This well was dug at 151 feet 4,000 years ago. And to this very day right now, you can still draw fresh water out of that well to this day. And Jesus sat down with this woman, and she came to the well for the purpose of drawing water. Now, there was no Greek Orthodox church built over the top. Of that well at that time it was just the well that Jacob had dug and she made the statement this is Jacob's well this is where our father Jacob built this well and of course we know today that it was but her her reason for being there that day is that she was there for water. And Jesus sits down at the well and immediately begins to speak to her about nothing other than water. Why did he do that? Because this woman was weary perhaps several times a day. Having to walk all the way to the well to draw water for her family. And Jesus knew that drawing water for her was something that wearied her. And Jesus immediately opens up his mouth and begins to speak to her at the level of the things that were exhausting her. He speaks to her at the level of things that transpired in her life. Why does he do that? Why, why are you making such a big deal over this? I want to tell you why. Because it's important to realize that Jesus knows where you are. It's important for you to realize that Jesus knows the way that you take the, the the word of the Lord said that he knows the way that I take. And when I have been tried, I shall come forth as gold, folks. I'm not here to preach to you about some far out god that doesn't know anything about your life, just some some deity that sits in the balcony of the heavens and doesn't know anything. I'm here to preach to you about a god that is in touch with the feeling of your infirmities. He knows exactly where you are today. This woman was coming to water and Jesus Opens the conversation saying, give me to drink. You know, it had to be frustrating in her mind when she when she said in her heart, I'm sure I wasn't there. But, you know, in her heart, she's singing she's to herself, who does this God think he is? All the trouble I have to go through to get water for myself. And he's wanting me to give him water. But Jesus was setting her up. For this most powerful conversation That could have ever transpired In her life Jesus is the great shepherd And Jesus knows one thing about being a shepherd That if you have a flock of sheep there No lamb is going to be able to draw their own water It takes a shepherd to draw water And so he said to her Give me something to drink So that she would look at him And say you don't have any way to get a drink And he looks back at her and said But I would like to give you a drink of water What was he doing? He was fulfilling His commission as the great shepherd To let her know You may have came here today For something that's temporal And will only last you for a short while You may have came here today to draw water That in just a few hours It's going to run out of your vessel And you're going to have to come back tomorrow But if you will let me be the shepherd of your life I'll give you a drink of something That will satisfy you And it will never run dry I wish we would quit believing the lies of the devil that we have exhausted God's resources and that God has no way to meet us anymore and that God has no way to bless us anymore. I've come to tell you about so great a salvation that once you have tasted of this water, you will never be the same again. (laughs) Whosoever drinketh of this water shall never thirst again she said sir then give me of this water i would love i would love to have some of this water and this moment in the interaction is so powerful because she realizes that she thought jesus was just calling her to be the servant and serve him water but now he has abased himself And he is serving her as the shepherd, water, wherein her soul shall never thirst again. And she's so elated by what she feels. It's obvious that joy was all around her. But Jesus said, I didn't just come to make you feel good. I didn't just come so that you would be satisfied. He said, there's some issues in your life that you're going to have to deal with. So I'm going to let the precision of the prophetic work in your life. And he looks at her and said, go. Go tell your husband about this. And she feels that lump come up in her throat the way that so many people do. They come to the Lord and they get that good feeling. And they feel that precious touch of Jesus in their lives. But then all of a sudden they're met with the reality. There's some things in my life that God is going to have to work on in me. It's going to slow down for just a minute right here because this is not the kind of preaching that you run the aisles with. This is the kind of preaching that you search your heart. Jesus did not just die on Calvary so that you and I could come every Sunday and get chills up and down our spine. The word of God searched this woman's heart standing there. And he said, I want you to go tell your husband about this. And now she has to be transparent with him Not surprisingly knowing that he already knows what's in her heart. You understand what I'm saying? He already knows that that's not her husband. He already knows where she's been. But the power of this one moment is this woman's ability to be transparent with Jesus. That I am no longer ashamed of who I've been because now I know what you can do in me. Now I know what you can make happen in my life. This is a wellspring that is springing up into eternal life. This is not the moment where Jesus exposes her and makes her feel like trash because of the trash that's in her life. It's the moment that she realizes he loves me in spite of where I've been. He knows what I've done and he's still willing to give me a drink. I'm telling you when you get transparent with Jesus and you're willing to lay your heart out on the line and say I know you already knew this about me but I need you more than I ever dreamed that I needed you it's then in that moment that God begins to work in your life I'm telling you today you cannot win this by yourself you cannot fight this alone you cannot have salvation by your own means but there is a God that loves us so much much that in spite of where we've been he came to the well you would think because of what she had done I mean five men and the one she's with is not her own you would think Jesus would have just passed that by right because he came for all the people that know how to keep the law I'm gonna tell you something today friends we have discounted a lot of people because we looked at them and said they don't even deserve a drink woo wee they don't even deserve my time Jesus said I'm I'm gonna find the one that's had five husbands and the one that she's with right now is not her own she's committing adultery right now but I'm gonna go out of my way to let this woman know you don't have to live like this anymore. You don't, you, you, you don't, you don't have to live like this anymore. I, 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 I wish today that I could tell you people don't misconstrue the scripture and take it out of context, but they do. And somebody started this little thing on social media some time ago about the woman at the well that she'd been married five times and Jesus still used her. I, I, I want to clarify something for all of the, all the typewriter heroes out there and cell, cell phone crusaders. And I want to tell you that Jesus was not calling her to the ministry and sitting her on the platform while she was sleeping with several different men. Th- that is not the context of what happened here. The spirit of, of Christ... Is to allow us to be honest to expose things in our lives he looked at the woman who was caught in the very act of adultery and he gave her that moment of transparency and then he said look around you hun. look just just look he said where's your accuser she said they're not here and jesus said to her he said then go your way and sin no more i'm tired i'm 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 tired of the devil lying, lying to us and saying god can't use us because of where we've been but when that didn't work, he got quote-unquote religious people to lie to us and say, God doesn't care where you are. He'll just use you anyway. Woo Boy, that just shifted pretty quick. I had y'all with me three minutes ago. Jesus said, go get your husband. She said, well, about that. I, uh, I have no husband. Now, I know you're looking at that thinking she's just tiptoeing. No, she was being honest. I don't have a husband because I'm with somebody else's right now. This is the implication. He said, go tell your husband. She said, uh, I, uh, I don't have one. Jesus said, you're right. You said it right when you said, I have no husband. And then comes the icing on the cake. You've had five. Now I know that it was all their fault. I know that all five times it was their fault. But you've had five. And the one that you're with is not your own. I want you to notice in verse 18 with me if you would. I want you to notice the power of this verse in that you said truly Jesus said you have been truthful with me church family I want to tell you something today with all respect that I can give you you may be able to fool your pastor And you may be able to fool your family, but you can't fool the Lord. You just can't fool the Lord. You may be able to pull the wool over my eyes. I'm just a man, and sometimes I'm foolish. You might be able to pull the wool over your choir director's eyes and say, well, she'll never know. You might be able to pull the wool over the the music eyes as well nobody will ever know because i'm still gifted hey listen to me you can hide a lot of things from men but the spirit of the lord is searching the heart of truthful men and women that when the spirit starts calling you say absolutely it's the truth this is who i am and this is what i've been and the lord said now i can do something with that That's a truthful heart right there that recognizes everything you've tried until now has not worked. So why not give God the opportunity to work in your life? The woman said, sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Now I'm going to just fill in some gaps right here, okay? I need y'all to stay with me. Because this is the part that I kind of figured it would get tight. But I wonder if we had sat down in my office and I looked you square in the eyeball and I said, You're acting like a hoochie. (laughs) You're sleeping around, hanging out with all kinds of men. You're wrong. I wonder how many of you precious ladies would smile so big that both ears were wet. And you'd just look at me and say, Pastor, I perceive that you are a prophet. I wonder, I wonder how many of you men that if I were to sit down with you and say, you know, you stole that money. You lied on your time card. You didn't work those hours. You lied. And you stole that money from your boss. I wonder how many of you would just get down on one knee and say, man of God. You have blessed me today. You, sir, you are a prophet. This is how you tell the heart of somebody that's truly repentant. Because what should have made her angry that he exposed Made her grateful that she met mercy she, she could have Got frustrated Snapped her finger Gave him the Jocelyn special on the neck And said who do you think you are? What do you think you're doing talking to me like that? Now listen, I'm going to point out something that's very obvious here. I don't know why this is always my job, I guess because I got the microphone. But I, I want to make something crystal clear. This is what's being implied in this passage. If you don't get real, then you don't get the water. Water. If you won't get honest with God, you don't get eternal life. You're not not going to be able to just go through saying, well, that's my business. I'll do what I want to do. I'll live how I want to live, and you owe me the water. Her spirit, she looked at Jesus, and she said, I perceive that thou art a prophet Verse 20, watch this. This is so crazy to me. If you really want to know her spirit and what's on her mind, she said, our fathers worshipped in this mountain. Listen to me how amazing this is. She just got exposed and worship was on her mind. Jesus didn't bring up worship. She brought up worship. He said, you have been honest with me. And you have told me that you don't have a husband, so I'm giving you the word back. You've had five, and the one that you're with is not your own husband and she said sir you're a prophet and because of what you have spoken in my life I have worship in my spirit you have heard it said that our fathers worshiped in this mountain Jacob worshiped in this mountain you say that in Jerusalem because you're a Jew is the place where men ought to worship but Jesus said unto her woman believe me when I tell you that the hour is coming that you're not going to worship in this mountain nor in Jerusalem you worship you know not what we know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews I love this he said but the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the father in spirit and in truth God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth You want to know how you know that God has really changed your life instead of being mad at the Holy Ghost. You've got your mind on worship and you begin to recognize the holiness of God. His holiness makes me know I've got a ways to go. He said you've made mistakes in your flesh You've lied to men in your flesh. You have split up families and homes in your flesh. But the day is coming, whether it's in this mountain or in Jerusalem, that is not going to matter. I am opening up an opportunity for you that even though you've fallen at least six times, I'm going to let you worship me in spirit and in truth. Somebody say worship. So the woman just keeps on digging. And she said, well, I know that when the Messiah comes, that he's going to be able to fix all of this and correct it. And this moment of the story gets me every single time. If I could have been there for for all of it, it would be amazing. But if I had to pick just one moment to be there for, I wish I could be there. When she looks at him and says, now when the Messiah comes, he's going to have the answers. And Jesus looks at her and said, the man who you're talking to right now, am he. What are you preaching, Pastor? I'm saying somebody here in this house this morning came looking for what God could do for you in the future. She told Jesus, she said, I'm expecting that someday in the future that my answer is going to come. And Jesus looked at her and said, ma'am, your answer is here. I'm reaching for somebody this morning that's been putting it off for a while. You've been saying, God, someday I will. You've been saying, Lord, when the timing is right, I will. I've come to preach to you this morning. The timing is right. You're in the right place at the right time. There's no reason to put God off for another day. I, I that speak unto thee, am he. I am the one that you have been looking for. Now I want to tell you that there is such a powerful thing that transpires in this story. After this woman realizes who he is, now this is going to mess with you. But as soon as this woman realizes who he is, the Bible said that his disciples came upon him and marveled that he talked with the woman. Just as soon as she realized that the Lord was working in her life, there came a voice that said, really, you think you deserve this? Now, folks, I don't want to mess you up. I've talked about this several times recently. Maybe just because it's the message of the hour. I don't know. But this right here is where what all these crazy fools online called church hurt happens this is where church hurt happens Jesus starts working in your life and people walk into your life and say really? you? and this is where the woman should have picked up her pot and said I'm never coming back here again I'm never going to talk to him again after everything Jesus has done for me, I'm gonna let these people's opinion drive me out of here, and I'm never going to come back again. I'm gonna tell you something. People are sowing seeds of discord. That are they're so far from the truth. I've been in the church all my life, literally. I preached, it seems like seems like a lifetime. I don't even remember hardly what life was like before I was preaching. And I'm going to tell you that if anybody's ever had a chance to be offended in ministry, ministry has a chance to be offended. I preached my guts out one night. (laughs) I walked out off the platform. This sweet little lady said, you know what? She said, one of these days you're going to be a good preacher. (laughs) I'm still waiting on one of these days. I looked at her, I said, Precious sister, I want to tell you, it ain't going to get any better. (laughs) I came off the platform one night. I'd been preaching, man, I had preached and preached. I was ringing wet. I had preached about three or four days straight in different meetings and came in, preached, and gave this church all I had. I stepped off the platform, and this woman walked up to me and looked at me. She said, I'm offended at you. I said, I'm sorry. She said, you didn't preach to me tonight. I said, well, then you weren't at the table. I want to tell you something. If you're looking for a reason to be offended, you'll always find one. But if you're looking for a reason to be free, you've got one right now. I'm not saying that you haven't been hurt You may be watching online today. I'm not saying you've never been offended, but I'm saying this. When you get to heaven, that offense won't matter. That hurt you've had won't matter. What really matters is when you square your shoulders up and say, yes, I've been through the fire, but the fire didn't burn me. I've been through the flood, but the flood didn't turn me. I'm standing in the church. It's the church triumphant. so funny people are hilarious this 27th verse said the disciples marveled that he talked but none of them would say anything it's like what you were teaching this morning brother Stephen. it's amazing how bold we get till jesus looks at it said what what'd you say can, can i just, can i just air this out and tell you right now that anybody who bashes god's people under am- anonymity. Is nothing but a coward. If, if, if they're starting websites. Bashing precious church people. And, and preachers. But don't want to put their name to it. They're cowards. They got, I'm not even going to tell you the name of it. I'm, I'm not on social media right now. So I don't care. But I'm not even going to tell you the name of it. There was this. Coward. Started start a social media page picking out all the Pentecostal people for their nice clothes because a certain guy had on a certain belt or a nice pair of shoes or whatever. Won't say who they are picking on, on preachers saying they're, they're, they're robbing people of God's money. And I can tell you right now that these are precious men of God that if you needed shoes, they'd give you the shoes on their feet. If you needed a shirt, they'd give you a shirt off their back. And you know what's so funny? Nobody ever says anything about their doctor having nice pants and shirt on. And I don't think you ought to be crazy and go spending like a wild man either. I think you ought to do what you do in moderation, so don't get me wrong. But I'm just saying this. I think if you've got something to say about God's people, you ought to put your name to it. Just the way I feel. Just the way I feel. And these men came up marveling in their heart. And the Bible said they wouldn't say anything. You know why they wouldn't say anything? Because just as soon as they would have said, why are you with her? Jesus would have corrected their spirit. They would not say a word. But the woman. Oh, dear God. You know anybody that don't say anything but their faith says everything? I'm going to make you a promise These disciples didn't have to say anything For this woman to know They wondered I got to believe it When they came walking up They were like You know what the Bible said It doesn't say that she sat down Started crying Got ticked off Got mad at the church Got mad at church people Got mad at the usher because he walked away before they got to throw their dollar in. Come on now. Got mad because they didn't get the solo in the choir. You know what it said? That very next verse, so powerful. It said, the woman. The story comes right back to her. The woman then left her water pot and went into the city. And said, come see a man. Oh, God have mercy. I want to preach this so bad. There were people in her presence that were not being so kind to her. But she, she wasn't focused on the people that weren't kind. You can see by her response Exactly how she felt. The Bible said that she took her water pot and she left it. Watch this. It's so powerful. Her response to cruel people was not the people. It was Jesus is still good. And I need to tell somebody how good. Folks, I want to tell you Everybody ain't out to get your family. Everybody ain't out to get your kids. Everybody don't hate you. The whole world's not against you. But even if you're struggling, I want you to understand me when I tell you today. God is still good. He's not good just part of the time. He's good all the time. I'm hurrying. I got to get y'all out of here before your roast burns. Now, I know for some of you that when you read this, we just rejoice. She left her water pot and ran into the city. Yes, she did that because she was coming back to get it. And she'd be back in just a minute. Now, hang on just a second. This woman did not know that when she came back, the water pot would still be there. We don't know that it was. This woman's water pot. More than likely was the water pot that her grandmother and great-grandmother used to draw water from that same well. A woman's water pot represented her heritage. It was more than likely made by somebody, and it was a family heirloom that was handed down to them. Somebody that was close to their family, and they, 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 they handed it down, the mother, to the daughter, to the daughter, to the daughter. This woman came to that well with a heritage that had been handed to her. That water pot represented everything she had been, everything that her family had been, and everything that she had been through. And so what this woman was really doing when she laid that water pot down is she was looking up at Jesus, grateful for his kindness, and didn't really care what those disciples thought about her because she was just grateful. When she left her water pot, it was a testimony that said, You may not think I'm worthy, But if you had seen me before he found me. This represents everything I've been through. This represents every failure that I've had. It represents every mark on my family. But I'm going to leave it right here because I'm not the same I was when Jesus found me. No, my family didn't have it all together. No, we haven't been perfect. But I'm going to leave this water pot right here because Jesus changed my life. So here's what we see. When Jesus changes your life, you'll worship him. When Jesus changes your life, you don't care about negative people. When Jesus changes your life, you'll leave your past behind to embrace the future that he has for you. And with this, I want to close today. It wasn't, it wasn't just that she worshipped. It wasn't just that she didn't care about the negative people. It wasn't just that she was rejoicing to leave her past behind. But she wasn't satisfied to be the only one in Samaria that knew the goodness of the Lord. The Bible said that when she left her water pot, that she took off running into the city. And she went to all the men in the city and said, come and see a man. Come. See a man, you know what will happen when he changes your life? You're gonna open up your mouth and you're gonna tell somebody, He knew my faults and he loved me still. He knew my failure and he loved me still. He did not leave me. Not everybody in this place today is called to be a preacher, not everybody in this place is called to be a pastor. Not everybody in this house today is called to be a musician. But I'm going to make you a promise today. Every man, every woman, and every child in this room today is called to be a soul winner. Everybody in this room today is called. Look, this is not just something that some people do. It's a responsibility that's on our shoulders. If God has been good to us, we are obligated to tell somebody, God's been good to my family. God's been good to my children. God's been good to me. Stand with me, would you please? She said, come see a man. Listen to this testimony. Come see a man which told me all the things I ever did. I know in in, in brief reading, you just, it's just like, okay, I see. She was testifying. No, listen. This is such a powerful testimony. Sister Donna, she said, come see a man that knew who I was. He told me everything, everything that I've ever done. And he stayed right there with me. Look, I've come on this Sunday morning to end the devil's crusade in some of your lives. Because you have listened to his lies. He has told you what a failure you are. How unworthy you are. That Jesus don't care about you. Listen. This woman's testimony was just like mine. He knew everything I've done. He knows everywhere I've been. He knows every fault in my life. But you need to know today. His patience and His mercy are greater than your failure. His patience and His mercy and His grace, they are greater than your past. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter how you've fallen. There is a Lord Jesus sitting at the well of salvation today saying, come, whosoever will. Come. Whosoever will. I want you to come see a man. Pastor, why do you preach the way that you preach every week? I'm going to tell you why I do. It's because I think everybody ought to have a chance to see the Jesus that I know. It doesn't doesn't take a prophet in this room this morning to know that there's been a lot of mistakes made in this group of people in a lifetime. I'm not like Giving up anybody's privacy, it's just I mean, people know when you came to the Lord some of your lives were a wreck I'm going to tell you what else there is, there's people in here that nobody knows how much of a mess your life has been nobody knows because you kept it quiet but the Bible said that every deed that's been done in secret or in open shall be rewarded so I've come to preach to the people that everybody knew you were a hellion I've come to preach to the people that everybody knew you were a train wreck but I've also come to the people today that you dress up in your suit every Sunday and come in and your insides were tore apart because you didn't want anybody to know what you were struggling with And I want to tell you, let me take the pressure off your shoulders. He already knows. He already knows. So now, you got nothing to hide. You got nothing to be afraid of. Because he'll sit at the well with you, knowing everything you've done. But now what he wants to know is, are you willing to go tell somebody else what he's done for you? As I close on this Sunday morning I'm reaching for somebody right now in this place Let's bow our heads I'm going to tell you church It's been so heavy on me In my prayer time It overwhelms my mind and my spirit So how good we've gotten at receiving The blessings of the Lord at the well We've learned to worship And thank God for it Some of us have learned to disregard Other people's opinions And we're trying to do better I want to tell you where we've really got to pick it up we've, we've been letting the ball drop is we got to go tell somebody about the goodness of the Lord I hate to even say this publicly because I'm not giving any glory to the devil he's a liar the truth is not in him but it troubles me in seasons like this where we've baptized two children in the last three to four weeks the waters of baptism haven't been troubled because you can stand up and preach on baptism all day long, but unless there's somebody here that needs to be baptized. You can go to a conference and preach all day about the unfilling of the Holy Ghost, but everybody in the room has got the Holy Ghost. This city needs to know how good God's been to the people in this church. Your testimony may be the difference between somebody being saved and somebody being lost. I believe that God orders our steps and if you're willing today to say Lord if you'll let me cross paths with somebody that wants to hear I'll let them hear about your goodness are you here today God I will, I will tell somebody how good you've been if you're in this house today and you've never repented of your sins you've never been baptized in Jesus name for the remission of your sins you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost today is the time it's the right time right now for you to be filled but if you've already crossed that bridge it's time to tell somebody how good God's been all over this room I want us to rejoice in the God of our salvation could we just worship Him not with a hand clap but with our hearts come on lift your hearts and your hands towards heaven let's love the Lord together this morning God I want to tell somebody how good you've been I want to tell somebody to come and see a man been so good, God. You've been so good, God. Could we give Him praise today? Let's give the Lord thanks and praise. Would you do that? Clap your hands, oh, you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Thank Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm pleading with you, church, to be back in the house of the Lord tonight. If you go home and fire up your grill, fire it up and cut it off before church. We're going to be back here tonight. Have a great time in the Lord. I love you and appreciate you.